This is a show about individual experience and personal identity. There may be times when folks use identifying words or phrases that don't feel right to you. That's part of what we're exploring here. Please listen with an open heart. And as always, I welcome your polite, engaged feedback, and I encourage you to continue the conversation in your life and with your community. Welcome to Query. Hey, Queeros, Cameron here. I hope you had a nice holiday week, and I'm so excited for today's episode with Gabe Liedman, who is a comic that I hadn't really had, um, you know, like a long personal conversation with prior to this, only like good joking around conversations. So I, I really loved talking to Gabe, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Also, huge news, if you head over to iTunes and search for Cameron Esposito, you can pre-order Rhea Butcher and my new album, Back to Back, which drops on... December 8th. We would love for you to pre-order it. Please go ahead and add it to your queue of stuff, and we're so excited for you to hear it. Okay, enjoy the show. Uh, hey. Welcome to Query. How are you doing? Um, I'm doing great. Thanks um, for having me. Yeah. Do you want to introduce yourself to the audience? I feel sure. like feel free. Uh, my name is Gabe Liedman. And yes, it is. I'm a comedian. Uh-huh. Yes, you and are. And a TV writer. You are a TV writer. And a queer. Yeah. And actually, <laughs> you're... Um, I feel like when I first met you, maybe you were a stand-up only? Yeah. And that probably. the TV writing thing is in the last couple years? Yeah. Because you uh, write on first, Transparent. I write on Transparent. Yeah. My first big boy job. I mean, actually, I've been writing for TV since TRL. Holy Unbelievable. cats! What? That was my first good paid writing job. So it's been a while, but not on good shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and my first, like, union job that got me, like, on on the road to what I'm doing now was Inside Amy Schumer. Season oh, one. amazing. Yeah. So yeah. she got me in the union, got me on that staff thanks movement. Amy yeah and then I just picked up and moved to LA yeah I mean I think because you were a New York comic when yeah. I was a Chicago comic I was like less aware I just only knew you from stage yeah. where you are hilarious thank um, you but I didn't know about the writing that you were doing until yeah I saw all of your none of it was worth knowing books. about until Amy Schumer <laughs> 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 we can um, be real yeah alright I mean <laughs> yeah but also it was all like, pretty random you know yeah. it's a hard life and it's it was like there was New York was a desert of it at the time. Sure. A lot of unemployed waiting time. And is that what you thought? Like, did you come? Did you get into comedy thinking of any no. particular endpoint? No, it is the first thing that like paid me. Oh, sure. Um, even when I was doing stand up for so many years, I wasn't making any money off of it yet. I wasn't touring, wasn't doing That's clubs. Really it was all alt stuff, which was the best, but it wasn't paying. And so, um, yeah, writing was like a way I could use my brain and make money. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Support yourself and, and support be myself. a yeah. like adult person right. with a job. Yes. That's what I think becomes really interesting. Yeah. I don't know. what when did How old were you when you started doing comedy? Like at all? Uh, like, well, 
my high school had an improv group. Okay, so there's Let's the answer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like it's like as you a kid. start. Yeah, you yeah. start as a. You know, I yeah. started at 19, mm-hmm. and I feel like you start, and it's like about being like a weird artist. Yeah. That has no couch. Yeah. And then you're like, I am fucking. 30. Yeah, 30. That's <laughs> the I, big one. And I like really need yeah. some help. And 30 is so beautifully young still and yes. great, yes. but it is like look in the mirror time. I think that for me what happened was that I just imagined I knew how much time had passed since I was 20 and mm-hmm. like I knew the like money I had made and the security and like st- right. and stability that I felt and I was like, "Oh, so like it could just do this for another decade. Like, right. I, like I could yeah. just, and then another, like I could just be like right. 50. Right. And this is the same thing. And this thing. is it. Yeah. yeah. I've, I felt that very much. Definitely. Yeah. The end of your 20s are a pit. <laughs> I feel like people fall apart then. And they like either become monsters or push through and grow up. How but, old? How old are you now? I'm 35. I'm 35. We're the okay. Same age. Yeah, I'm like talking like I really know shit, but no, yeah, no, like looking I back, feel like 35 20, is really 29 different. was like yo. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Bad. Absolutely. And yeah. you lived in New York then. Mm-hmm. You moved here. You moved to LA like two years ago. Yeah. I'm just four. throwing out a number. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So four. Four years. Yeah. So pretty recent, but I live here. I like it here. Then we got here around the same time. Really? Yeah. I, I've been here almost five. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was January 2013. Yeah. I just put it on so much paperwork. <laughs> yeah. Why Why LA? Like, did you um, have a job that brought you out here? I had a job on The Kroll Show on Comedy Central, yes. writing for that, which was amazing. It was like just a couple months of work, but I just brought all my shit. <laughs> I was like, I'm not, I wanted to be here. Yeah. So that was like, I, I used that to move. But um, basically, I just had to decide to stay in L.A. and find a next job and a next job and a next job and stuff like that. But by that point, I really wanted to live in L.A. And you have, you know, it's interesting to like Inside Amy Schumer, Kroll Show, Transparent. And I mean, I guess Transparent is sort of the outlier here. But like those are big shows that did all tackle social issues in their own way yeah like even Kroll show absolutely did totally but um i would say not like queer normative at all no what yeah in those rooms and i mean i also those are nice people who totally we know so it's not yeah. like i i assume that it was like no some wasteland super but i just awesome. mean you yeah would maybe still have been i was not the, the gay yeah, yeah exactly totally um the year I worked with at Amy Schumer, Tig also was writer, so we were the gays. Yep. Um, at Brooklyn Nine Nine, which was a job after the Kroll Show for three years, I was the gay for a long time. Then there was a new gay, also, so it became two gays. <laughs> and then at Transparent, it's all everything. Right. Every everyone's something. Yeah. Yeah, which is unbelievable, and it's not just the writing staff; it's the entire crew uh, yes and you know the whole production staff too it's just like it's a total utopia queer utopia <laughs> so what is that experience like i mean i'm it's again awesome. i'm speaking like not as if those other things would have been horrible right. but that suddenly you moved into normativity and that, right. that is a just by nature a super different experience yeah totally it's been i mean there's just every tv show i'm sure 
true of yours too like just has a totally different vibe from every other tv show um and it's all just a random collection of strangers for the most part i mean in the case of amy schumer or kroll it's like i it was a bunch of friends writing for a friend kind of but on you know on big shows like transparent like you're all strangers um and the so there's so many question marks in every direction it's really cool to work in a queer space though um it's just you can see the kind of safety and excitement in everyone's eyes (laughs) all the time you know it's like and a lot of people get chances there that you wouldn't get elsewhere so it it really is a cool fucking magical (laughs) made (laughs) up little land in your life because like we don't know each other that well where i Mm. wouldn't know this at all um have you had that experience with normativity before? No, I was the, I think I'm still the only person from my high school class who's out of the closet. Oh, I'm one of very few too. Yeah. What kind of high school did you go to? I went to a preppy Quaker school in Philly. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I did not expect Quaker. <laughs> Quaker. I went to, yeah. I went to Catholic school. Yeah. Um, so like there was one other dude that came out like right after we graduated mm-hmm. that it was kind of like the goth Right. You know, like the guy yeah. that it was like, he's having like a hard time. Yeah, he's doing he's like stuff. Some shit. Yeah, like yeah. stuff's. He's wearing some stuff because <laughs> yeah. he's wearing some stuff kind right. of a guy. Yeah. Um, but my, I was like voted class couple with my high school boyfriend. I mean, wow. I was somehow like were, fucking wow. sailing That's under the amazing. radar. Amazing. I never passed first rate in my life. I mean, I've been calling, <laughs> been called gay. Like I, I remember it in the kindergarten. Like wow. barely knowing like what gay meant, but knowing it was not a compliment. They so, were, <laughs> like, who was calling you? Other kids? Like other kids, or yeah, like older kids on the bus. Um, it just was like not. I mean, I everyone always was calling me gay, and then when I was twenty, I came out of the closet. Like I never had a girlfriend. Never, like, hooked up with girls. It was... Everyone could tell. I just didn't want to admit it. Yes. I just didn't want it to be true. It seemed like a fucking sad thing to be, I guess, to me. Oh, But I it's mean, not well, at pe- all. But if people call you the thing that you are yeah. as a name... I, I find yeah. this a lot in comedy, like... um, You know that thing... There's that joke that... There's a bunch of, you know, straight dude comics that we're both friends with that do that joke about, like, when I was in high school or middle school or whatever, some people would call me... Like the F word, like mm-hmm. people would be like, "You're so gay," right? And then I wasn't, and like, yeah, some punchline that d- isn't worth the payoff yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I always want to say to that comic, like, "Do you realize that there were totally people who were called that in like, then they were, yeah, like that that would be like a much like I I understand yeah. that it was a trauma for you to be called this thing, but like, <laughs> right. what if you were this? Thing? Yeah, and then we're like <laughs> haunted by that yeah. so deeply until you were. Yeah, an adult. So you're a little kid, and what were you like that people I was, were, what were they seeing? Um, well, I was really artsy. I dressed really weird. I was really into, like, vintage shit. What's, like, a weird-dressing kid? Like, or, I mean, I guess that's more like a teenager. Oh, but I was, tell like, me about this weird-dressing like, teen, then. Like, thrift store everything. I really, I wasn't goth, but I loved the craft, and I loved, like, <laughs> sure. Lilith Fair, and, like, just really, like earthy feminine shit and i had a like giant curly afro and um i was fat 
and, you know, not doing any sports, totally doing improv. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just was gay. When did you get facial hair? Um, I was able, I've been able to do it since I was a teenager, but I started doing it at the end of college. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like just it's just like a signifier for you. It's like it very, is. it yeah. feels very much I don't know what I would face. do without it. Yeah. Um, interesting. So yeah. you're like this, and then you're in high school. Were you, were you like the lovable no, I was person like grumpy. outside or were you like, yeah. nobody's letting me and I'm pissed off? I was nobody's letting me and I'm pissed off, but it's also like, I was like depressed and probably just like shooting that out of every pore. Sure. You know what I mean? And like probably just repelling everyone with my vibes. But yeah, not a lot of friends. Um, you know, yeah, like I don't think anyone like hated me probably, but I definitely was not like a lovable like mascot or anything. I was literally the mascot. <laughs> <laughs> Which was a red bird. Holy shit. Hundred percent true. A red bird? Yeah, it was a giant red bird. It was called the Red Wings. I was a giant red Did the bird. wings like go out and every like was it a functional costume? Imagine like a like a full like a cardinal or yeah. whatever. Like imagine I mean like with the fit like I had the head and the whole thing. Was it your own arm sticking out of holes? No, it was the whole oh, my fucking God. thing. Great. Dude, fucking hole. <laughs> I had fucking wings, like shoe things that go over your Did shoes. Did you do dances like at the games? Yeah, so my boyfriend was this, the captain of the football team. <sighs> and I was the, the bird. The red bird? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how this is real, you yeah. know, it's beyond. Yeah. But from that kid, I'm imagining the kid you're talking about starting to do improv. How the fuck does that happen? It seems like the not not the kid that's doing that. Yeah. I definitely look back at that and think the same thing. Like, where did I get that confidence? Because, like, the rest of the time I felt like I was really quiet. I was really keeping to myself. And then to go out on stage and improvise is so fucking weird. Such a bold choice. Yes. Um, you have to, like, be totally bold. <laughs> um and I, you know, everyone else who was doing it was a total dork. No one was coming and sitting in the audience. It was, like, somehow not intimidating at all. And doing it actually totally changed me. Like, made me really smart, made me way more confident, made me able to, like, participate in life, I feel like. Which is that's a, a lot to say about a, improv, but it was, like, a, a mental breakthrough, for sure. No, I start. so I did improv in college. Yeah. I started doing improv when I was 19, and my identity, you know, like, identity has nothing to do with, well, for me anyway, like, it didn't have to do with, like, sexuality or, like, it, it was, like, what you did, like, right. your hobbies or whatever, like, that's what you're your teenagers are like, you are your hobbies. Right. And so I was a big jock. You know, I was not only the mascot, but I was like a three-sport athlete. So I thought that that Amazing. was my identity. And then I was on the rugby team in college. Again, like yes. just Still perfect. straight on rugby just, team? Yes. Was, yes. 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 Of course. Great. Um, I joined the rugby team so that I could have more to talk about with my boyfriend. Because, right. Because like, then we would play similar sports. That's how, Holy when you're straight, shit. you... Yeah. Play plays the sp- similar sports, sports as your boyfriend. That's how you, that's yeah. how straight yeah. relationships. Yeah, work. totally. I always think about like <laughs> you're gay the whole time. Like sometimes yeah. I think people forget like that are not queer that are outside of the community. Like they think that there was some switch. Totally, that was flipped, <laughs> yeah, and it was like so no, funny. I was queer no. the whole time, and yeah. so like I thought 
when I was imagining a relationship. Yeah. That was the best relationship I could imagine. <laughs> were you happy in it? Or were you like, did you feel like you were harboring a secret about yourself? Well, um, that guy was really nice to me. I don't mm -hmm. think I knew what was going on, right. like, at all. This is a very personal answer to that question. But I also, like, I did, I was doing other stuff that, like, I developed an eating disorder. I was doing stuff that had, like, nothing to do wow. with our relationship to, like, cope with our relationship. Right. Like, I wasn't, he wasn't making me sad, but he was making me right, sad. Right, totally. And... I look, I look back and see that that's what was going on. Like if right. we would like make out, then I would have to eat like three bowls of cereal. Right. You know, like just like normal stuff like that. Like when you really like making out. Yeah. How you have to eat three <laughs> bowls of cereal. <laughs> Holy shit! But, yeah, totally, uh, totally. Yeah. You know, but he was that particular guy that I dated was right. a good dude. That right. just like, it just shouldn't have. We shouldn't have been in that situation. Right. Um, I guess the whole time for me, I knew I was gay. I knew I was gay since I like at, from a in, through my childhood, and so the closet for me was not that I was like excellently keeping a secret, but it felt like keeping a secret the whole time. And like coming out was like okay, if I say it out loud, it's you know there's no taking it back, and it's this thing that'll be true about me that I at the time, you know. If, by the time I was coming out, was fine with it being true about me. But growing up, I was just like, oh, God, am I gay? Who was the first person you told? <sighs> Friends. Uh, I waited until I lost my virginity because I felt like I wanted, like, a news cat. Or, like, I wanted, like, more news in the announcement than... <laughs> and? <laughs> yeah, it's like... And I didn't want to like, there seemed like, it seemed weird to come out of the closet as a virgin, which now obviously there's, they so don't have anything to do with each other in yeah, retrospect, but, but totally like in this see. like, mm -hmm. yeah, in, in that young brain of mine, I was like, okay, well, they'll make it official and then I'll announce it. And yeah, I like did it and told a bunch of my friends and then I told my siblings or I told one, told one of my siblings, I think. And then I told my parents and the other sibling. What was the response? All positive. You know, at that point, I was totally surrounding myself with people I knew it, who were fine with me. And I was, other than talking about it, I was totally gay. You know? Wow. Yeah, I think that the, what you're talking about, about, like, so would you have been able to name it? Like, in your own brain, to yourself, yeah. Yeah. would you say, I am gay? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's such a different experience than my experience where, um, I mean, I was certainly having all of the things, you know, like mm -hmm. I used to have like dreams about women, uh, sex dreams, interesting, sex, sexual dreams, uh, or I was like, you know, in love with friends. Right. Um, I mean, the, my wall in my bedroom would be like just covered in Alicia Silverstone pictures. <laughs> right. And I was just like, this is... Right. I did not. There was no equation that any of this added up to me. Right. Added up to for me. Right. Um, so it's very interesting to me to think about like, like, did you ever go to a school dance? I went to all of them. Who'd you go with? <laughs> I would go with like all of my friends were always girls. And a lot of them uh, were kind of like funny, like loner type girls, you know, not popular girls. Um, and we would like go in a 
in a group. And then for like proms or it was more like specific who you went with, I remember I went with like this really sweet, shy girl from the softball team who <laughs> maybe is queer. I'm not sure. Yeah. You know, um, but definitely didn't have like a date and we were like buds. Um, and family was like horrified by me. <laughs> um, but we had a good time, you know. And I went to another prom with like a sh- really funny, but like kind of geeky girl from band, you know, who didn't have a it's, date. It sounds you know? like you somehow found, um, in like retrospect, yeah, totally. Yeah, you know, I wasn't getting beaten up, I was getting called names, but. You know that totally hurts. But in its even own way. like no, what, that totally hurts. But with yeah. what you could control, because obviously yeah. like, that stuff you can't control. But right. It sounds like the things that yeah, you could I had control. some people to hang out with. Um, I found marijuana in twelfth grade, which really helped. Sure. Um, and then once I went on to college, I went to college in New York City, met Jenny Slate, who's been my longtime collaborator. We were like super fast friends, like. College was when when I started doing improv all the time and met some some of the people that I'm still friends with today, um, and and felt like cool for the first time. <laughs> I just like didn't feel cool oh, growing up. I felt amazing. weird, you know. And then it was like it's cool to be weird in New York City. Yeah, you know no, what I mean. Cool it was like it totally worked for me. And you did improv for a long time, and yeah, I don't. I'm curious as to what that experience was like because I did improv after school too professionally for a couple years mm. and for me as a I th- I'm in one sure of the theaters th- in chicago i lived in boston at oh, the time boston. i worked at these two theaters called improv boston and improv asylum mm-hmm. one of them on their main stage so i was like 22 and i did like whoa six shows a week and i had like never taken a class so i was like promptly fired <laughs> right. like four months later they were just like you don't wear shirts that go all the way down so you <laughs> right. can't work you here professionally right. <laughs> <laughs> and i was like yeah so fair enough right. um but I worked at other theaters and then I moved to Chicago and then I was working there and um, I actually found like less so in Boston because people are kind of like eggheady there. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Chicago, which is this Mecca, like as a queer person, it got exhausting because I was either like a gay penguin, you know, mm-hmm. like where I would where like I would be trying to be something and they would be like, but how's the set? Right. Or I would be like having to give somebody a blowjob like that they would be like. Oh, right. Really Wouldn't patrolling. It be funny if, yeah. Yeah. Like really patrolling what they like, how they wanted to fuck with me. Ugh. I'm very curious as to what your experience was like. My experience, it was always a chosen group. It was not like ever cast through a school or like through um, a theater. So it was like always a kind of, I was surrounded by people who were funny and safe and friends and then i stopped doing improv as the rest of those people found their real life and i stuck at wanting to do comedy (laughs) you know they all like a lot of them uh you know went to grad school moved away um had you know normal people lives and the last people standing were me and jenny and that's how we became a stand-up duo Yes, of course. Yeah, because they were just like, well, we're no, no, we're doing this. How is the transition between <laughs> speaking as someone else and speaking as yourself? Because in improv, you're right. You might be saying some stuff that you believe in, but obviously, character, right? Versus you getting on stage with your name, right? What was that like? <sighs> it was awesome. Um, a lot of our first material was just 
stuff that we improvised and liked and remembered and then honed and sharpened and added to and built out. Um, and it was really, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I would have gone into stand up if I didn't have a partner at first to talk to because like the transition of dialogue to monologue is the thing that's the weirdest to me maybe about stand up. Um, and it just was so easy to stand up there with someone else, you know, it was like half as scary, you know? Um, and then finding my own solo material out of that was like really empowering. And it was cool to have that sort of soft start to that safe space of a duo before you have to, you know, fill all the time by yourself. Yeah, you know? fill all the time and also take up all the space. And take up all the space. And yeah. Which is something shoulder, that you have to like yeah. fully give yourself permission to do. Right. And, and shoulder all the um, expectations also. You know oh, what I mean? yeah. The like, it's all up to me. It's not like, you know, I can fuck up and she'll say something funny. You know what I mean? Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. I don't have that relationship with stand up because I just. I st- you never you know, knew I, it that way. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I do stand up with Rhea now. Um, you do? Yeah, we well when we host put your hands together, right? We, oh like, yeah, yeah, Duh, that's true. That's true. And that feels we've been doing it for so many years that like it feels like a real yeah. thing now. It, hosting, like, yeah. It used to just feel like hosting, and now it feels like it's like we're doing like bits, and we have character. You know, like it feels yeah. like a real thing. Cool. Um, but that's really interesting to me. the The burden of expectation is a fascinating yeah. experience to have with stand up because I don't have that. Really, yeah. Uh, I feel it the most, like when a room is filling up. You know, like, oh, wow. oh my god, okay. If this is the, if these are the only people here, I want to make sure that they don't feel lost in this big room. I got to, you know, like we got to make some big laughs, and you know, I think that also comes from hosting a show too, and like being the first one there and knowing, you know, <sighs> wondering is anyone going to show up? Should we cancel <laughs> it? Is it weird if we do it anyway for just a couple people? It's weird for everyone if we, you know what I mean? Like that whole thing. Um, is a huge, even when I'm just doing someone else's show, I totally feel it. And you, have you said, so you said like you weren't really making a living as a comic before you started yeah. making a living as a writer. And I know how long and grueling the writing hours are. Yeah. So I know you do spots, yeah. but have you ever gone out and done that thing that like you skipped at the beginning? Like, have you gone out and toured and played clubs and stuff like no. that? Interesting. Never. Um, I... You know, I had a regular just alt show in New York for like seven years. Yeah. You know, which as was you know, a great show. Which is a great that show. Everybody was um, a super big fan. From of. that, I got like an album and a 30 minute special and right. like some, you know, things that you get after you do the touring part. Um, but no, when I'm writing, um, I that's like that part of my brain gets emptied. So, like, and also like writers' rooms, like, they're kind of they're extremely social so it's hard to do a double duty of then going out to a show entertaining an audience talking to other people um let alone writing new material so it's like it's a real like so like right now i'm on break from transparent and like emailed everyone i know who has a show in la you know and i'm just like the summer of stand-up um it's also really stressful to sit and write all day knowing that there's a show that night and wondering, oh, shit, am I going to be late? Can I grab dinner before? Like, you're just not present at both if you're doing too much of it, really. Or I have found I'm not present at both if I'm doing too much. 
I feel like you sound like a very healthy person. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you're just, it sounds like you're... uh... You know, some jobs take up more space in your life than others. And when I was on Brooklyn Nine-Nine for three years, I didn't do stand-up for two of them. Wow. Isn't that, can you imagine yourself taking two whole years off? Well, again, we had really different beginnings. I I started as a comic um, really thinking like that my job was to... um, like talk about myself to the world as a way of normalizing queerness. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And and I had like this whole, you know, I just came in with like a mission. Yeah. And that shit can really sustain you and right. be really powerful. Um, I mean, I used to like run on a treadmill and then I would just like feel like this is my whole life. You know, it's just like right. running like that. Um, so I think... It's hard for me now to like take time for myself or something right. like that. That's really hard, right? Because I feel like I'm supposed to satisfy some need that like somebody does not have. Like yeah. nobody needs me to do <laughs> all of these things, but I need me to right. do yeah all of these things. Yes, but it sounds like you. Um, it sounds like you're happy. I'm totally happy, yeah. which is a cool thing. It I'm, is. I'm like happy. I'm so proud of you well, that you yeah. <laughs> have done that for yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially with what you were talking about about like just feeling so tormented internally. Yeah. For 20 years, that's a as big... soon as I came out, it was like a huge burden had been lifted, and it was it was like it lightened me up so much. Just, and the world rewarded you for that. I mean, yeah. not everybody can. At, no, it's true. At, at, certain, at certain times, because yeah. there are certainly situations where, like, it would be dangerous right. or it would be, like, you'd lose your job and then yeah. you'd lose your house, you know, whatever it is. Like, yeah. But, um, God, it's great if you yeah. happen to be somebody if you who are, can. If, you're, if you can, yeah. And even if, um, you know, there's also a, just, a, it's such a spectrum, like, even if it's hard but doable, it's like sometimes it's just you know I don't know. Everyone's life is so different. Um, yeah, but it I was feel it, like for- it ruled for me, <laughs> and also for com- I mean that's what all of my jokes have always been about, and they still are. I feel like it's really important though for people to know, <laughs> yeah. like people that would still be in that twenty year zone. Oh yeah, that like you were that conflicted that you were yeah going through that much yeah so aware of it and and stifling it, and then just like. Yeah, a total success. <laughs> a total success. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like, that's great. I that's mean, a great thing to have. hear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone, we're all like who we are, you know. So the closer you are to who you are, like the better you're going to be, you know. That's right. Yeah, you're yeah. you're giving the world um, an honest version of something, and right? I mean, God, if this stupid presidency has taught us anything, it's that oh people like feel even the even though this is a lying yeah. person, like whatever. Right part of honesty that people think he's shopping right it's like that appealing that plus racism right oh my god <laughs> racism and russia and russia like and sexism yeah, yeah yeah like all those things yeah but also honesty yes and honesty, <laughs> lying honesty yeah. lying honesty i mean maybe he believes what he's saying i just don't think he has that relationship with information i and, agree you know it's just like i think he feels things like that no yeah i think it's a it's a certain kind of thing that um, maybe you and I would never be able to relate to, right. which is just like the world is set up in such a way where there's n- there actually nothing will happen. So 
Right. Therefore, this must be true. Like, right. <laughs> given that there are no consequences. Right, right. Yeah, he's totally safe. Yeah. Truth is fine. Right. Whatever I want it to be. Right. Which is a really... Everyone else it, will figure it out. It's, I think it's yeah. hard to be like a queer person right now because that just could never be true. Yeah. For us. Yeah, totally. I think he's triggering everybody um, almost everybody on earth yes. right now. And I, I do like, however this plays out, you know, I hope it's going to go one way, whatever. I do think that there is going to be serious, like, PTSD from this experience. I agree with you. Like starting with election night and just everything that has been since. Just, we're all going to be... It's going to take a while to get over it. Or it's going to take me a while. I don't mean to speak for everyone, but I think everyone is so triggered in their own way. Like, he represents something so intense to everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I am also aware of, like, for all the ways that I feel I've been marginalized and that I've been able to identify that, I, it, this also makes me realize, because you're right, like, people are going to have to recover from this, and then I realize how much I haven't had to recover from because of uh, the color of my skin. Right. And, like, I'm more keenly aware of that than I ever have been. Yeah, me and, too. And it's... Uh, yeah, I was a real fucking dum-dum. I was a real fucking dum-dum, too. Yeah. I, I really thought th- that I, I thought was I not was a dum-dum. I thought I was not a dum-dum, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I didn't... I wouldn't have been like, I'm not a dum-dum. But right. I would have maybe thought... I would have thought I was not a dum-dum. A dum-dum. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I was fucking way off. Yeah, I was way off. Yeah. That's, that's really, I think... Uh, the experience that right. a lot of white people that I know are having. Totally. It's just like, oh, oh, my estimation was. Um, right. Well, just it turns out 100 percent off <laughs> right. all the percents. Totally. Hey, Query listeners, guess what? This is a local ad just for Angelinos. That's right. If you live in Los Angeles, you should be going to see Something Rotten at the Center Theater Group with. Ten Tony nominations, including Best Musical, The New York Post says Something Rotten is a big, fat hit. That's a big hit. This hilarious new show tells the story of two brothers who are desperate to write their own play while the rock star Shakespeare keeps getting all the hits. When a local soothsayer foretells that the future of theater involves singing, dancing, and acting at the same time, the brothers set out to write the world's first musical. With its heart on its ruffled sleeve and sequins in its soul, New York Magazine says Something Rotten is the producers plus Spamalot plus the Book of Mormon squared. Oh my god, that's a lot of musicals. It begins November 21st. Tickets at AmundsenTheater.org. So let's talk about something that's more positive. Okay. Because it feels like 2017 has been a tough year. Yeah. But it's also been a good year for you. Yes. Because you um you just got married. I just got married. That is so yeah. congratulations. Thank you. It's uh it's so great so far. We're really, you know. Um I never really like knew if I was gonna get married, I guess. So it feels like lucky. It feels lucky. It's good. How did you meet your husband? We met on Twitter. <laughs> what? That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, we met on Twitter. A couple years ago, um, someone, like, put us in the same block of Follow Friday. Remember how people they used to do that? Of course. You know, before there was politics on Twitter, basically. Yeah. Um, it was just, who should you follow? And jokes. Um, so we were in the same Follow Friday block and then started flirting. This was in, was this in New York or here? I was here. He's from Vancouver. Wow. So, yeah, so you met him distance. when you lived here. Yeah. And he lived in Vancouver. Yeah. And- how long were you communicating on the internet before you 
<sighs> months. We saw each other. We were pen pals for months, and then oh I had my. to, and then I was just like, you know what? And I like ran it by all of my friends, like. I think I should just go visit this guy, like, dating other people. It's boring. I'm always texting with him. He's cool. It's not that far. Like, why not? Um, And as a comic, I mean, even though I don't tour that much, like, I fly places, you know, stuff for places for work that I don't even give a shit about. Right. You know? Um, So I was like, why not do take a chance? So what had your experience been dating in the past? Like, what kind of dudes... Had you dated and how had it gone? Um, I had a couple of, like, relationships. One that was, like, pretty decent, one for a couple years. Um, but we broke up. We just weren't, like, right for the long haul. But that was a totally decent one. But a lot of alone time, a lot of just hookup culture. Uh, I was, you know, gay guys, you know, love the internet. <laughs> was that – it feels like you got so – Sad for a teeny moment? Was that like really? not? I don't know. Did no, that work totally. for you or not? Yeah, work no, for you? It, was, it was totally great. I mean, it wasn't relationship y, mm. um, but it was uh, freedom and, you know. And it, you liked it. Yeah, I totally liked it. Yeah. Um, it's just, uh, it's been there almost my whole gay life. So I, I always think of it as like, you know, it's funny, like when the internet was starting to have its, like, gay chat stuff and and then sites and then apps. Like, it seemed like it started off as kind of um, something to not be proud of or something that you were there. And then now it's, like, the most normal thing. Yeah. I mean, Um, that's true. 100%. I actually am in a really weird category of people where, like, I've actually – I've never been on, like, Any any sort of internet date. Yeah. And I feel like that now, I'm now a weirdo. Like, I just, <laughs> yeah. I just am old enough where, like, I did, I had, like, many girlfriends sort of in a row kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't ever, like, yeah. in that zone. I and I feel like I don't feel have... like it's less, or I, I'm still, most of my friends are girls. Um, <laughs> like, I just, I think that online dating feels different to a lot of women than it does to a lot of men. Not to yeah, say no, across the sure. board that it feels that way to everyone, but, um, you know, for male-on-male, like, meeting, it's, like, not um, not as scary, even though it should be. Like, I'm like, I should be scared to go over to a stranger's house or whatever, but I just almost never was, and... Um, yeah, I yeah. mean, well, that makes sense. Though. Totally. I mean, you're not steeped in... Right. Like, even the entertainment that we watch is all, right. like, I, I think all the time about how Law & Order SVU is, do you know it is the longest running scripted really? non-animated show? Like, that's how much... Right. And I mean, obviously, there's, like, situations on there with with dudes or, right. like, non-binary people, but it's, like, right. 98% women. Right. <laughs> no, for sure it is. Yeah. Like, and also, like, 98% um, like, cis women in danger, right. like, in, like, very specific sexual danger. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, like, if that if that's what we watch all day. Right. And also, like, everybody watches that. It's not, and like, just, like, women that. watch yeah. that. It's, like, everybody watches that. So, right. obviously, so there's like, going to be a huge different differentiation. Feels, yeah. Yeah. Totally. But it, it is interesting to think about. I can't imagine the idea of, like, sex being separated from safety for me. Although, I mean, I can because, like, with wi- – I think the other assumption is that women – with other women mm-hmm. are, like, 
this like the safest like nut like like right. what could even happen <laughs> right what do they even do you every know, like, woman I know is sane yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think that that presumption exists right. like in a different totally. way which is like it's all very gentle and caressing as right. opposed to like right. it's all very non-committal and and thank you and I'm out the fucking door right, right. um so maybe maybe queer women I don't know I'm like, yeah I don't know enough I feel young like young queer point, women that are like yeah. online dating I don't know if maybe they have the same yeah. presumption of safety. Uh, but yeah, like, so you're, you're in your twenties, you're in New York. How are you meeting? Like what internet thing were you using? Back then, uh, the big one was called Manhunt. Uh huh. I know about Manhunt. (laughs) Um, that was the big one in New York. There was Manhunt and then there was another one with a worse. Oh, Adam for Adam. Oh yeah. The number. Yeah. Um, so those were, that's how you did it. And it was. And then there was gay bars. New York has a ton of gay bars, but that wasn't really. I'm more of a stay in than a go out. Sure. Person. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Internet. Yeah, exactly. Bring the world to me. <laughs> yeah. Because that solves that. Yeah. Did you ever have a, a bad experience or was it just like gems oh, across the board? I got lucky. Board? I mean, there was gross guys, but there wasn't um, there wasn't any violence, um, which is, you know, in retrospect, super lucky. Um, but, you know, there was a lot of situations where I was like, I went ahead and had sex with someone who, when I first saw them, I didn't want to. You know, it was, like, kind of just, like, socialized, like, might be the easier of two awkward conversations to be like, okay, let's, like, hook up and I'll leave rather than be like, actually, now that I see you. That is... Isn't that intense? Well, I yeah. mean, the only reason I can say that's not intense is because I'm a woman. Right. And so I fucking get it. Cause right. Because it's also... It's like, maybe I'll well, just we're do taught. this. Yeah. Um, but right. there's a there's a real overlap there, I think, right. in how you're describing it and what I, I think a lot of women... Right. Um, ...deal with. I mean... And... Obviously, it's totally different than assault or anything like right. that but there is like this you don't sort of leave feeling good compromise yeah. sex yeah. that um is a certain is certainly like a right weird zone i don't think we talk about enough as people yeah. like i don't know that we anybody and it was weird you know it was like i wasn't uh yeah exactly it was like it, it was just a weird compromise and it's psychically it's not great like it doesn't make you feel you know it's not fun you don't leave there being like no Woo! That was no, cool. <laughs> and I think maybe like probably they don't either. Right. Like whoever you're with, yeah. unless unless they're like an actual monster, right? And like or can't pick up on that vibes. they can't. But I feel yeah. like to not pick up on vibes that much, yeah. it, is something I'm not super connected to. Like I, yeah, I can't I can't really understand that. Right. I know that there are totally people who are not, but I'm like very yeah. Uh, yeah. constantly sensing everything that's going around me totally. sort, of a, sort of a person so yeah. for me that I would definitely know but I guess right. there are people who don't know yeah, right? I guess or just don't care you know or just like not, not trying to oh, pick up on vibes don't care yeah. wow yeah, I think you're probably right. I think you've nailed it. Yeah, I'm imagining this scenario that is like way more complicated. <laughs> like they don't know and they right, can't right. read faces. Right, and, right. And you're just like, oh no, they don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. That's probably it. Yeah, just not probably trying to pick the, up on any yeah. vibes. Yeah. So you met your husband. Yeah. And we were like pen pals for a while, and it it was romantic. It was cute. He's really funny. You know. What does he do? He's an author, so he's another type of writer. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's like a good writer. And can, 
can work from anywhere. Can work from anywhere. Yeah. Totally. So how long were you guys – so when were you together? Like what happened when, between when you we met and when you were met, together? We met and then we just started – going visiting each other in each other's cities and staying he because of yeah he can write his books anywhere with you know could make longer visits here and i was always in a room and would go up there for weekends and stuff and hiatuses we just kind of did that for a couple years um we were planning to get married in about a year from now and then trump won we were just like well i don't we didn't know what, to, you know, we were just like, is what laws are going to change? When are they going to change? Should we, you know, we just like f- got freaked out. Um, oh, you're the first person I've talked to that has had that situation. Because really? like, we cert- I certainly yeah. know people who've, um, yeah, like throughout the way that marriage equality has been rolled out, because it was rolled out in such a piecemeal yeah. way where like different states, different things, and then right. one states took it away, you know, like yeah. all that. But I, um, you're the first person. That's that particular situation. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a really pragmatic. I mean, there was plenty of romance, and there was a proposal and oh, all that stuff, course. and we were like planning something, but we were just like, should we like put a year? You know, like why should we put it off? Basically, when we can't trust what you know, are we going to be so pissed at ourselves next year if we could have gotten married and didn't and can't see each other? Yeah, you know. So, and we kind of found our you know, immigration lawyers by sort of like going around and meeting them and being like, do you think the law is going to change? Like, when do you think we have to really can, what do you think is going to happen? And almost all of them were like, oh no, it's, it's the law. You're good. You're good. Don't worry about it. And then, uh, the one we went with was like, huh, I guess with these motherfuckers, it, uh, I would, why wait? We were like, okay, you get it. You get it. Yeah. Like, there's no reason to believe that the laws are... I mean, like, look at the travel ban. No, like, did you ever see that coming? Um, no. You know, I mean, just I, like I stuff like that. I it's like, why... We can't trust... People are okay with it. Yeah. And so I, I hear you. And I think that... I actually... I think you're really smart. So don't take any of yeah. these questions <laughs> as me thinking anything no, totally. but that you are... Um, I guess I don't want to make it sound choice. like a sad story because it actually was very happy and we had a beautiful wedding and it's – we were going to do it anyway, but it was like we, this extra thing, you know, we It doesn't have to think sound about. sad. It yeah. sounds like you're protecting your family and I yeah. think that that is like what a perfect reason to get married. Yeah, totally. I mean, there's, there's – yeah. uh, I guess there's a couple reasons to get married, but aren't they all to protect yeah. your family at the end right. of the day? Um, and that's just one variation of that. Yeah. I mean, I – I will say, um, you know, before all of this, uh, 2007 and eight, and around mm-hmm. that time, I was dating a woman who was South African and her visa ran out. Mm-hmm. And when we lived together, she was my like we were partner, we were partners right. and she had to go home and I, and it was like yeah. prior to, there was like nothing. You know, there was right. nothing to do. Right. And so I think, I mean, God, who knows what's going to happen, but right. I'm not going to be somebody who has something to do and does nothing. Right. Totally. Because we very, especially like people our age. Yeah. We so recently remember when there was nothing to yeah. do. Yeah. Totally. 
so fucking do all the things. <laughs> yeah, so do the things. Do everything yeah, you can. Totally. I mean, Rhea and I got engaged um, very soon after uh, Doma was overturned. Mm-hmm. And then we were like just engaged for like three years because wow. we just like yeah. did we were like not quite ready to get yeah. married but we were so fucking jazzed right we were like we have to do something <laughs> yeah to i love that how did you guys did so did you did you have like a, a an engagement did somebody ask somebody he asked me how did he do it it was really sweet um it was our anniversary we were taking a road trip from la up the whole coast to vancouver it was very sweet um, and on, so that took weeks. We did it really slow and it was awesome. Um, and we got up to Seattle on our ad- actual anniversary and we very adorably, I would say, um, got each other the same gifts, which was like <laughs> little notebooks and like kind of office papery things with, uh, that were all of our decorated or covers or something um, were all of our like first DMs and texts to each other. Like the first kind of flirty wait, jokes wait, we were sending back like and forth. Like you got that and hadn't talked about it? Yeah. Amazing coincidence, right? What? Yeah. That is the most so, specific? So specific. Yes. Totally <laughs> bizarre. I love this story. Amazing. Um, so mine were all these little notebooks for him to like make his notes for his books and, you know, his writing stuff. And he made me kind of a scrapbook that was like reading through all of our, you know, pictures and messages and stuff. <laughs> it was so cute. Fuck? Um, and the last page said, will you marry me? Oh my God. And I was like, I'm about to burst oh into tears my God. in yeah, this moment. Totally. It actually said, will you marry me? LOL. And I was like, are you serious or not? And he was like, no, I'm serious. He just, I, I love lol oh oh my god (laughs) yeah yeah it was really sweet um and we already had like a fancy we were in a fancy hotel because we were on a fancy road trip for our anniversary and we like had a fancy dinner and we went to the eagle oh my (laughs) god the seattle eagle beautiful um and oh my god and we told our waiter at this really fancy restaurant he was like this really hot gay guy and he was just like oh congrats and like <laughs> not happy for us at all and we were Did like you didn't oh, show interesting. him the books hang on come back we yeah, have like look we at have this these crazy books. coincidence look at these books we made yeah i made him all these post-its he once tweeted uh he was like i think i'm going to gay marry gay bleedman at gay bleedman one day and i like made him post-its of that for his office and yeah it was fucking really specific and weird of us that is yeah. straight up. Straight up insane. I mean, I'm not even yeah. sure. It sounds like you know how weird it is, but yeah. I don't know that you really no, know. No, it really is. It's like, because I could have easily gotten him like a cute outfit. Or any other or gift anything. in the universe. Yes, that's true. Totally. <laughs> in the entire universe. You no, know, I can think yeah. of so many gifts. Yeah. Um, no, that's an adorable story. <laughs> yeah. And I love it. You, what did you do when, what, what do you remember... I your said thoughts? Yes. Like, do yeah. you remember what was going through your little brain? I definitely, my little tiny brain. Your little brain. teeny brain? Um, I, I was like, the first thing you have to say is yes. You know, that, just that's like, very that, nice that, of like you. I was just like, that's yes, really, yes, yeah. yes. Um, and then we like got dressed and went out. Um, his, I like, I was like really caught up on the fact that I was like, so you knew this entire road trip that you were proposing. Like, I kept, I just remember asking him over and over again, so, like, did you have fun on this trip at all? Or were you just fucking shitting your pants the whole time about this one <laughs> moment at the end, you know? And he was like, no, no, I totally, I got my mind off it, whatever. I was, like, just concerned with his experience. And then, yeah, we told our family and friends. Like, the ne- we, I didn't, we 
went out that night and then told everyone the next day. But he had, like, all all of these, you know, people in his life who knew he was going to propose that were like, did you do it yet? Did you do it yet? Did you do it yet? Um, And you saved all those texts and you made them into a book. Into a book. Yes, Uh, exactly. (laughs) How does it feel wearing a ring? I actually love it. This is is my first piece of jewelry, I think. I mean, I had some watches, Mm. but they were plastic, you know. Um, I love it. I like wearing a ring, too. And I notice it on other people now. And, Yeah. I'm into it. Does it remind you of him? When you... when you? Yeah. I mean, we have the same one. We got matching ones. They're cute. Um, yeah. I mean, I remember what, picking it out and... It's, yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. And, like, picking them up and not being able to wear them yet and that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that, too. Totally. And now... And it's on my mic hand when I do stand-up. So I, I see it. I, one of the, so when I was engaged, I didn't wear my ring mm-hmm. on my hand. I wore it on a chain around my neck. Um, not like Carrie and Sex in the City. Right. Uh, but just <laughs> in a different way. Right. Um, because I felt really weird mm-hmm. about having something on my hands because yeah. of our job. Yeah. And it, it is totally on my white hand. And I felt like so, and I, I have a. I mean, it, it's not like a rock. Yeah. But it is sparkly. Yeah. And um, it is sparkly. Yeah. So do you leave it backstage or do you wear it now? No, I wear it now. Yeah. And I feel really good and comfortable with it. But yeah. I will say, like, I actually had a little bit of like a like some gender dysphoria when I had a sparkly thing that I was right. supposed to wear. And I really love it. Like my uh, engagement ring is a family heirloom of Rhea's. So it's, mm. you know, like I think it fits me and it feels like it's really mine. Yeah. But. I also was a little bit taken aback by the idea yeah. that I would have, like, anything sparkly, like, yeah. in, like ever in my life. You right. know what I mean? Totally. <laughs> like, I just didn't yeah. see that as being any part of my life. Um, and then when it was on my hand, mm-hmm. and I, like, also super gesture on stage right. a lot. So I would, like, the first couple times I wore it, I was, I was just, like... People are going to think I'm a woman. <laughs> and I am, but yeah. I'm like a very special kind. Yeah. And I'm trying to like right. so hard you're, to just present. And you're not sparkly diamond. No. 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 Yeah. But now I love it for that reason. Yeah. Because it feels so challenging. Totally. In like a different way. Yeah. Where, because I, I obviously had the option to get like a more chill mm-hmm. wedding band. Right. And I went the other way. Right. <laughs> and it's sparkly too. Um Right. Fair, don't worry. Fair trade. Um, Great. Yeah. Okay. Don't don't stress. I out. wasn't worried. No. Don't yeah. stress out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that was a cool exploration. That's also why I was asking. Like, yeah. if you like wearing it, I what like, it's like totally like it, and um, yeah, I love it. I never take it off. I mean, only if I'm like I, I just started baking. Yeah. So like, if I, I don't wear, you know, like that's like I ceremoniously I'm like, well, I don't want to get dough all over this shit. But that's kind of it. So you're like a month in. Have you yeah. had the experience yet where somebody has seen your ring and asked you about being married? No. I mean, a lot of people in my life, like, you know, we had a really small wedding, but people beyond who were invited know, knew about it. So people have been asking or congratulating us constantly. Right. Um, I I had the experience this whole month uh, doing a show or two a week of like changing all my jokes to say my husband. How does that feel? It feels awesome. It's funny. I mean, I don't have any thing that didn't work. 
anymore, you know? So that was good. And, you know, there wasn't anything temporary about the jokes anyway. You know, it was just the word. Yeah. Um, Did you use the word fiance or was it I, boyfriend? I used it in life. But like on stage? On stage, I said boyfriend or partner. Yeah. There, I don't like the word fiance. It's a super weird word. Yeah. I didn't want to be disrespectful to him and not say it in life because I think he did like it. But I would have loved to be boyfriends up to husband. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, well, yeah. wife is also like, it's such a, it's like. Yeah, wife. Wife. It's, yeah. It really is like a very strong sounding <laughs> yeah, word. Totally. Um, And I did get into fiance after a while, but it felt like, again, kind of sparkly at the yeah. beginning where I was like, what? Yeah. Why am I? Who uses this flowery language? Not right. this sailor. You know, totally. Whatever the fuck I yeah. think of myself. Like. I had that reaction to being proposed to. Did I was you? like, yeah, I was like, popped, someone popped me the question. You know, it threw me into this space of like just a little like rom com y or bridal or something. It was just like, I was like, I, he was like, well, how would you? Because I, I, I don't know why, but I told him that. Um, I was like, I just, I never thought I'd be proposed to. It's nice. I'm glad you did. It's really sweet of you. But it was like, you know, ne- I never would have guessed. Was there in my any... biography there would be a proposal? I thought we were going to be like, okay, bro, time to get married, <laughs> right? Or like, we're engaged right. now. Do you want to be engaged? Let's be engaged. Like, just kind of a boring convo. So, was there any part of it that was like, I don't, I mean, I don't have a better word than like emasculating? Maybe, yeah, and like a little bit control. It triggered my control freak a little bit. I was like, oh, oh you had this surprise, and the stakes were actually very high. I will you know? say it. I was also proposed to. Yeah, and you know, I look back on it, and I, I like wasn't the right person to do it because I'm right. very headstrong and um, like bombastic. I'm just like a very big mm-hmm. person outside of the home, and Rhea is a much more chill person outside of the home. Right. And so I think it like needed to come from her. Yeah, totally. It's like big show. Right. needed to come from her as opposed to me. Um, but yeah, I was freaked the fuck out. Yeah, I was freaked out. I was like, say yes, because you know it's yes. Yeah. But I was like, uh, 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 oh my God. Yeah, totally surprised. But also in retrospect, I was like, romantic road trip, like obvious, our anniversary. It was like, made perfect sense. You know what though? <laughs> I see this why is I did what's it. awesome. Yeah. You get to share that with your husband. Right. I feel like we... You know, so often when we talk about queerness, we talk about like the difficulty, mm-hmm. the, the things that make it hard. And I think we don't spend enough time as a community talking about the things that are fucking awesome, which is that like right. people are taught to be honest with like friends and hide things from their partners. And, right. you know, the way that we grow up, we were taught to like. Like, you're supposed to trust dudes and I'm right. supposed to trust chicks. And, like, that's how it's supposed to go. So right. being able to share something like that with your husband is actually yeah. really amazing. Where, totally. like, And I was like, this isn't going to break. I knew it wasn't going to, like, break us up or blow it up or, you know. That's really cool. Yeah. It kind of – it's, like, something that comes with, um, like, a, the, the equality between the sexes. Like, right. the thing that we're afforded by being right. equal right. um, is fucking cool. Yeah. It's one positive way. Totally. It comes out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I loved talking about marriage with you. That is yeah. like. I hope it goes well. I'm sure it will. 
You know what? I think you're going to have an awesome marriage. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, because it's like, I mean, I'm I'm only a year and change in. But like I was saying before we started recording, it's just about like all the stuff you already are doing. It's like right. put yourself out there. Work really hard. Like it's just <laughs> um, it's cool. Yeah. It's also something you're like, it really is about building something with somebody else. I didn't realize how much how that would feel accruing, right. like time. Yeah, it feels totally, cool. totally. I'm excited about it. So, I want to end uh, by asking you about a queero in your life, like somebody that impacted you or helped you to feel strong enough to be the person that you are. Do you have somebody like that in your life? Um, I didn't. Yeah, um, there was. I'm gonna. Um, could an establishment count? Fuck yes. Okay. Please say an establishment. Okay. There was... Okay. I, I'm from Philly, like center city border of South Philly. And there was a restaurant growing up called Judy's, which was like a really, really, really good um, new American fancy kind of restaurant. But it also was a queer martini bar. And my parents took us there for dinner like once or twice a month. And just looking back, there was no gay teacher. There was no out teachers at my school. There, the gay or queer adults on TV were sick and sad and dying. And that was like a really happy queer place in my life that also when it was time for me to come out made me know it was like a specific example that i gave myself over and over again i was like my parents are gonna be fine with this because we go to judy's all the time oh my god that's what's up judy's what's up judy's thanks judy's yeah so judy's in philly it was on it's no longer it's it was on third and bainbridge i think now it's like tapas yeah <laughs> but judy's in the 90s in philly that was the shit and I went there for like a martini went in my young 20s as like an out man to just be like, I'm here, Judy's. Oh, my God. It was great. That's beautiful. Yeah. So there's my queero. Well, I love it. Gabe, um, is there anything that you would want to tell people to check out of yours? I love your Twitter handle. I love your Twitter. Feed. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Follow me on Twitter yeah. at Gabe Liebman and watch seasons four of Transparent and Broad City. Amazing. I wrote on those. They'll be great. They will be great. Yeah. Thank you so much, Gabe. Thanks. Yeah. Let's go find now who we are. Who we are. Well, listeners, that's our show. Please remember to rate and review us on iTunes. You can follow me on Twitter at Cameron Esposito. We are recorded by Matt Brousseau, produced by Sierra Catow and Feral Audio. Our theme song is by AW, and you can find them at listentoaw.com. Thanks for listening to Query. Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> 
Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, Yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. (laughs) Jesus. I mean, Jazos. (laughs) Ruler of the eighth circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here 